Hey there! Popping in real quick to remind you that Bonfireside Chat is actually part of a larger network of podcasts. Uh, if you like this, you might uh, enjoy shows like Abject Suffering, which is our comedy show about bad games, uh, or even Monster in My Podcast, which is our thrice-weekly bite-sized uh, exploration of the monsters from the second edition Monstrous Manual. You can find that and so much more at duckfeed.tv. Uh, we enjoy making them, and we think that you're going to like them. Once again, that is duckfeed.tv. Thanks. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. to Wirathil, has he? <laughs> there can't be much left of that frozen sprawl. The old rat. Oh, he's gone off the deep end this time. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. My name is Bob Mackey. And you're listening to Bonfireside Chat. It is an outriding favorite. Yes, and this week we are talking about the first portion of Irithyll of the Boreal Valley. Uh, and as you heard, we're joined by Bonfireside Chat alumni, um, Bob Mackey. Hey, Bob. Thank you. Hello, everybody. I uh, unfortunately am not up on Dark Souls, sorry, Dark Souls 3 lore as much as I was with the previous game. So I, I choose to call this area Santa's Nightmare Village. <laughs> <laughs> so so first, the first clue that you're not up on the lore is that it's not called Dark Sword. <laughs> oh, Dark Sword. Oh, man, I'm on the wrong podcast. <laughs> Dark Sword 3 is totally different. And uh, that's a Sonic that's... the Hedgehog game, I think. <laughs> Maybe. Sonic Dark Sword. Oh, um. Yeah. Yeah, people people know you. the The Duckfeed Alumni Association has been calling you day and night to try to get <laughs> donations. Uh, but for people who maybe don't, uh, can you say uh, how people might know you uh, on the internet? Oh yeah, I co-host the classic gaming podcast Retronauts. Uh, I did it for One Up for a while, and now I do it independently with my boss Jeremy Parrish. I've been on a lot of your podcasts, and I also host the uh, weekly Simpsons podcast, Talking Simpsons, that goes through every Simpsons episode in order. So I've been all around this this year internet of ours. <laughs> Fantastic, yeah, and yeah. and on every uh, season of the show. Yeah, so, that's true. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I haven't missed one yet. No. What, what a nice parody that uh, the first episode of the show you're on was the Dark Souls one and Orlando episode. Yes, I, I was just uh, making a note of that. I was not supposed to be on this one even, so I guess it kind of worked out in a strange way. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's fate. It's convergence. It's going to happen no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> we should we should probably say as well, um, I, I don't want to get away too quickly from the introduction of Bob, but uh, we are beyond the spoiler wall. Just like we pass through an invisible barrier uh, to yeah. get into this area, um, all bets are off. So this is your official warning if you care about anything from here until the end of the game. Yeah. They, they gave us the spoiler doll. So we can, it's been whispering spoilers to us and we can now walk through the, it smells like sulfur. It smells smells like sulfur and it keeps uh, saying my name backwards. (laughs) It keeps saying my, my last four, my social security number and my, my, uh, yeah, your ag deliver tub. You've thought a lot about this. I thought about what my name would be backwards before because it's pretty great. Deliver tub. It's it's really easy for me, at least the first name. Oh, yeah. Sorlock. Sorlock. But uh, yeah, so, so, you know, people, people know Bob. We, we love Bob around here. Um, And really happy to, to have you back. And, uh, 
Yeah, and and uh, you know we wanted to have you for like Uncle Bonesy's House of Tibias last week, but <laughs> uh, this time it is uh, instead we are in Irithyll. Um Cool. Uh, what did we do last time? Well, <laughs> in, the, in that house of tibias, in, yes, in the titular the... tibia. <laughs> yep. I'm so sad I missed it. I called it the skeleton yeah. zone when you asked me which one I wanted yeah. to do. I, was like, <laughs> I, I just put knew what me you down meant for to. the skeleton zone. <laughs> one vote for skeleton zone, please. <laughs> yep. Well, we traipsed to the calcium caverns uh, uh, of the catacombs of Carthus, and we defeated the gigantic High Lord Volnir uh, by flushing him into the abyss. And now we ascend from the darkness to one of the most beautiful sites in uh, Dark Souls games and possibly all of games this is great this is my favorite skybox in games yeah get your print screen keys ready folks for this one (laughs) or f12 rather um yeah so so we i mean there's a little bit of uh kind of before we actually get there there's a little bit of like traipsing around the tomb uh it's pretty it doesn't really matter but it does kind of underline like i'm still not really sure why this tomb is here um or the catacombs rather uh but when you come out we we get to irithyll and we know a couple things about irithyll um, so we know that a young sorcerer named Sullivan uh, was searching for power and found this artifact of uh, of terrible might, um, this thing called the Profaned Flame uh, beneath the frozen Boreal Valley. That we don't know tons about. Right. Um, but this granted him this terrible power, which he used to build Irithyll, and uh, within these abandoned ruins here of the old land of the gods. And he established <laughs> his own church and decided to call himself Pope, call himself Pontiff, because he gets to name himself whatever he wants. It's <laughs> Sullivan Land. Yeah. And if you're getting a strange, familiar feeling walking through this place, no, this isn't like Hades Tower of Flame. This isn't Elium Lois. This isn't any number of things that actually look like Anorlando. This is adjacent to and beneath and in the shadow of and merges with Anorlando. It, uh, much like that, it is populated by knights and priests who exist uh, to serve Sullivan and uh, these ghoulish slaves who kind of like literally disappear into the scenery. Yes, because they're to be seen or not seen and not heard. <laughs> yep, they're like the Sl- they're like the slaves from the third mist book. Sl- slaves are to be intangible, inaudible, <laughs> invisible. Um, in what's un- what's unsmellable? Anosmial or mm. <laughs> like something like that? Maybe hypoallergenic. <laughs> yeah, gonna get those hypoallergenic slaves like the kind of Doctor <laughs> Evil had. Um, the uh, and so this is the uh, the birth. This is where Aldrich has come, come from. We've heard a lot about Aldrich throughout the game, uh, who is Sullivan's buddy. And Sullivan uh, either manipulated. I mean, there's some kind of back and forth on this. Either manipulated or uh, cooperated with to install in the Cathedral of the Deep, uh, where he became powerful by devouring men. And then Sullivan manipulated him into becoming a Lord of Cinder uh, to prolong his rule through literally eating gods. Right. Uh, which we'll get into more of that next episode, but. That's a lot of stuff for when we said the spoiler warning uh, was there. So I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it a lot next episode, but just a little bit. Like the Anor Orlando stuff is not subtle in this this area. No, but it, yeah, it, it, I was I was going to ask you guys like when when did it become apparent uh, to you where you were? I mean, there are some obviously like smack you in the face moments, but uh, <laughs> I'm just curious like when did it hit you? Almost immediately I, or <laughs> no? So for me, it wasn't immediately because we had had those. Hades Towers of Flames and Ilium Lois, like areas that looked like Anorlando yeah, right. uh, prior to me. So I was just like, oh, you know, they're fond of this kind of architecture. Uh, the part it hit me, and this might be embarrassingly late, so if anybody wants to make fun of me, they can, is uh, the knight saluting the picture of Guinevere. 
Oh no, that, that was me. That was my moment. I was like, that, that, now I feel stupid. Yeah, I just feel I, was, stupid. I was just like, oh okay. Yep. No, it was the same for me. It was it, yeah. it was that room, and like even coming up through the kitchen and really you know seeing like the wallpaper I was like, oh, this is kind of like that that weird little room where uh, where where Sigmire was standing. Like this is like livable space. That's weird. Mm-hmm. And then you just look yeah. and see, oh, there's the painted world. Oh, there's Guinevere. Like. It's a really cool moment, yeah. You know when it happens, and it's still like I believed it and I knew it then. And then next episode when the actual title card comes up, it was still like a cool moment for me. Yeah, yeah. like it's like totally worked on me. Like I was like, as much as this entire season, I've been really critical about the callbacks in Dark Souls Three. This totally works for me. Like yeah. this feels like repurposing and re-contextualizing uh, an area that I know really well in a way that's like totally successful. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I, we, I all the, we all had the same moment because I was feeling insecure. That's the reason I asked. <laughs> There's, I'm I sure w- there are people out there who are like, I used the binoculars on one of the bridges and noticed that it had the you know, <laughs> spiral structure. staircase. Yeah. yeah. I look at skyblocks. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I would, how would you even, you know, to me, it's like it, the, we have so many of these big kind of vaulted cities mm-hmm. uh, in, in the series that like yeah. they do kind of blur a little bit together. Like you there, know? there is an Orlando like fatigue, you know, to the point yeah. where like, you know, I guard my heart around this yeah. kind of stuff until <laughs> you know just basically to show me the body right show me yeah. the body and i will understand that he's dead yeah you know, that, that's the way that i felt and we see the body quite literally you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah and body is a good way to, to put it uh this this area yeah. um so so when you come out of the catacombs as we mentioned uh, we get the skybox which i know we talked about being really good but just i want to camp out on it a little bit uh and describe it uh because like one i, I have an affection for winter areas in general in games i think that's the that's like the prettiest landscape you can have in real life or video games. Right. I do too. I love the painted world in Dark Souls, not just for its Demon Souls callback, but it was just a very a pretty and different place uh, in terms of the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, Elium Lois as well. Um, yeah. Mm, that's right. Yeah. It just it just feels cool when you you enter into this entirely different biome, you know. And I, I was thinking about it, why it's so cool to me, and part of it is that uh, in real life, being out in the snow and, and nastiness is unpleasant. You know, so it's kind of nice to have this like unlimited exploration of an area that would be hostile in real life. That mm-hmm. happens in video games all the time. Like I don't walk around in the lava zone in real <laughs> life, uh, but this is actually something I see all the time. And it's like, that's real pretty. I want to look at it out a window. But if I go out there, it's really unpleasant. Yeah. Uh, so it kind of has this like it's relatable in a way, if that makes any sense at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gary, yeah. we are both uh, transplants from the Midwest, and I think I use these areas to get like a like it's a winter simulator. Like I I miss seasons, but I don't want to experience them. So let me just stick my toe in <laughs> to uh, you know just how they look. Yeah, I, I I wish there was a day like being on the <laughs> West Coast. There was one day of like terrible Midwest winter. I mean, the death toll would be enormous. I don't actually <laughs> wish it to be true, but I wish but that the I sledding. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Just sledding for one day. How many lives that's worth. Um, yeah. Rosebud. <laughs> the, uh, uh, so something that I love about winter zones and games and this uh, actually in particular too, is it's almost always a, a drastic shift in color palette and also a, a dramatic yeah. lim- limiting of the color palette as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I always like that when a game makes that choice. To well, the, kind of bring the cool it thing is it happens in real life too. Like yeah. when you walk out in a day where there's like huge snow cover and it's like everything is muted. Mm-hmm. So there's a reduction in real life color palette. And then the way that sound travels when snow is on the ground, mm-hmm. the way it's like baffled. Well, yeah, even uh, um, and uh, also like cold air conducts uh, sound better too. Yeah. Like so sound just moves differently. Like everything is different. And, and like I love that, you know, it's, it happens in video games and in real life. Yeah. 
no it is uh it it is great and this is actually like a really nice counterpart to that first reveal because you know the inner londo reveal after you know the deaths and blight town and sends and all of that you know that was another shift in color palette too and this is kind of like a like the converse of that instead of being sun drenched it's moon drenched and you have Mm -hmm. you know this just this beautiful atmospheric effect and you have like aurora borealis at this time of year (laughs) uh you know just like just twinkling above you like they just basically upped the majesty mm-hmm. you know that has a good effect because you you hit it as soon as you get out of the skeleton zone you know uh just like bricks and and bone and just grays and browns and whites and then it's a completely yep. different color palette yeah you're right then boom it's super cool <laughs> um they also do this kind of they extend the shock and awe stuff to the the gameplay as well because you have to cross this gigantic bridge uh here and uh, out comes, as you get halfway to this bridge, like walking towards the city, it's a really nice uh, kind of framed picture. Um, uh, a beast spawns behind you that is invisible. Sullivan's Beast, um, <laughs> who to me looks like a cross uh, in the uh, the notes you have it as a bloodborne monster. I think it looks like a cross between a bloodborne monster and uh, a gaping dragon. Yeah, because well, um, his, his chest is super gaping. Super yeah. Gaping. Yeah. When I first saw this, I was like, oh, they're explaining the origins of gaping dragons now. <laughs> uh, and then that turned out not to quite be true. But he's got a gaping dragon chest. Mm-hmm. But he has the same moveset as the uh, the watchdog of the old lores, more or less. Yep. And he's just as much of a son of a bitch. He's a real, real pain in the dick. I think you're I think you're meant to run from this guy. You can fight him. Yeah. Of course. But, I did uh, run from I think, him. Yeah. <laughs> I I think I, I could be just reading into this, but I had a big problem with in Orlando from Dark Souls one where uh, there was that one stretch of ridge where you just ran for, I don't know, like a minute or two to get to the boss again. The mm-hmm. uh, Ornstein and Smo run, I guess you would call it. Yeah. And there's nothing to do on that bridge. And this feels like here's something to do on a bridge, but uh, <laughs> you probably don't want to do it. <laughs> you piece of shit. Escape. Yeah. <laughs> there's always something to do on that bridge. But uh, if you want to do it, it's up to you. <laughs> Well, you know, so it, it is encouraging you to run, and I love the uh, the fuck you if you haven't gotten the uh, the small doll. So, um, so I didn't go here first. Does the uh, the beast still spawns if you don't have the doll? Oh yeah, and he okay. will he will press you against the wall. Oh well, shit. Um, because because at the end of this bridge, I mean, we have a little bit more bridge business to do. But, oh for sure. Uh, at the end of the bridge, there's a gigantic like it's not a fog wall. <laughs> it's it's another kind of like force field yeah uh that is up that you have to have this doll to get through and uh, we talked about the doll when we got that back from the cathedral of the deep um that's something that pontiff gave to his most trusted uh servants uh and citizens so they'll always know that Irithil is their home right. uh, and it whispers to them that Irithil is their <laughs> home which is super cool um so if you have that you can get through uh but if not you're just going to get caught between like a a force field and a beast place yeah so but yeah, this thing, um, it has that same moveset. It attacks with lightning, which is a, a, an element we haven't had to deal with too much. It's always rare in a Dark Souls game, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And um, uh, did, did either of you get uh, get hit by his instant kill or his massive damage critical attack then? I uh, just ran the hell away from him, so... Uh... <laughs> I didn't get a chance to actually see his moves outside of YouTube videos. <laughs> he uh, he takes you into his mouth, and it's almost cartoonish. Like, it's you trying to uh, press his jaws open as uh. they close on you. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. I, I I did not uh did not have that that happen. It's kind of it's weird because it's kind of a good arena for mm. for them. Um, only because it's contrasted later. Yeah. But these guys are easier to fight, I think, in a narrower space than a wide open one. Yeah. Because they can't with their limit when they do their little charge. They're kind of limited where they can do it. So I didn't have too much of a hard time with this guy the first time I decided to fight him. But before that, I just ran. 
Yeah, because uh, I didn't want to uh, to deal with it. I <laughs> want to get to the next bonfire, even though there's a bonfire right before here, <laughs> which is like directly after the last bonfire, and then a bonfire right after it. You know, with it, I think you, I think you can actually see it with the binoculars. There, there's another one you can see too. Like when people are like, "Oh, there's one bonfire you can see from the other one." It's like, no, there's like three. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and that's yeah, yeah. fine. <laughs> it, yeah, it's it's fine. It's just uh, it's just funny. Yep. Um, <laughs> um, killing this guy gets you the uh, the Pontus right eye ring, and that is a companion to what we got from Vort. And uh, yeah, this thing used to be a person. Yeah, yeah. Poor guy. Poor um, dude. The reason why you might want to fight this instead of run away is because there's some uh, NPC business. Uh, we talked. I can't remember the last time we talked about Cirrus um, uh, with but, Rosaria. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Um, so she has a uh, a summon sign that shows up on this bridge. Uh, after you kill the beast, we're, not, I mean, I'm not a summon sign, a uh, reverse summon sign. Right. Like a, a, a suction sign. <laughs> yep. Come <laughs> uh, a beckoning sign. Yes. Um, yeah. And uh, you can get sucked into her world to help her fight Creighton. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Creighton from Dark Souls 2. Hmm. He's he's back. He survived. <laughs> um, and uh, he is one of the Rosaria's fingers, which are Cirrus's enemy. Right. Um, we don't find out a lot more, like or anything else really about Creighton. Right. Um, his, his armor and stuff is very vague. But uh, you can you can help her fight him, and it's a it's kind of a good fight. Um, anytime you have to fight with Cirrus, because uh, this will happen again, uh, you have to be very careful about managing her HP because uh, right. she's not. So there's like strategies that involve like black eyeing out, so you don't so she doesn't die right. in that instance, and then trying again uh, until you can properly aggro whoever she's fighting. Yeah, and that is that is especially difficult with Creighton because he throws undead hunter charms. Like, yes, yeah, he's, he's throwing those out like candy at a parade. Yeah, um, and uh, you do this to get the silver cat ring, uh, and and a dagger you'll never use. Wait a minute, you um, said a silver cat ring doesn't exist. I did. I was wrong. <laughs> um, I uh, I for, I didn't know that at the time yeah. we recorded that episode. Yeah, we uh, we 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 corrected ourselves. I was just yeah. just poking fun. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. We I mean we got corrected over and over and over. Yeah. So, and over and over and over. <laughs> but yeah, you get a silver cat ring, which is awesome. Yeah, great ring. Yeah. And this gets you into uh, Irithyll proper. And you get to see whether or not this looks as good close up. Um, and I think it kind of does hold up. Like, this is, you know, a very bloodborne area in a game that very obviously benefited from them learning lessons with Bloodborne, at least with visual design. Um, you know, lots of fountain plazas and stuff like that. But Yeah, hmm. that could be the reason why I liked it so much. I mean, I, I think I do like the uh, theme and the tone of Bloodborne out of all the Souls-ish games. And it really does evoke that same sort of... Uh, visual idea yeah visual motif yeah yeah it's also if knowing that this is uh an orlando the thing i like about it is that like we never actually set foot in an orlando we're like on kind of rooftops and and weird areas above churches mm -hmm. you know like this is like what the ground would look like so an orlando presumably had roads and sidewalks and, and it things. wasn't like a jetson city yeah <laughs> yeah uh and, th and this, is, uh, this is that. at the bottom coal <laughs> that's how that universe worked oh of course uh, they, they established that in the first episode there was a terrible cataclysm yeah dude we had to work for for Gwinsley's gadgets and <laughs> that was that's literally good. the only thing i remember about that cartoon other than that, like all the cartoons from that era, it was actually a boring adult sitcom that was just dressed up for kids. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> but uh, but this is pretty great. And we're introduced. Uh, we, we've we uh, been exposed a little bit to Frost 
um, and frostbite up to this point, we get a healing item that will kind of help us kind of deal with it. But man, oh man, is, is it refreshing to have a new element represented? <laughs> it's so barely element like represented though. I think right. that the player can only get one or two. There's no spells that do it. The player can get one or two uh, ide- like swords that uh, inflict it. Mostly from maybe, this area, yeah. Yeah, maybe just the Irithyll straight sword and then any swords that drop from here. And even uh, you can safely ignore this element. Right. Um, the buildup is generally slow enough, at least on my playthroughs, that I would never have to consider using this clump. Um, and then when it shows up, it just kind of like it slows your stamina regen a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not that big a deal. <laughs> Right. Um, it's a big deal in the in the Vort boss fight uh, because he's kind of concentrated on giving that sass to you. But there are other, there are no other bosses that come that are based in it. Right. It does feel like a, uh, not a late edition, but underdeveloped right? edition. The dancer. Uh, does the dancer give you frostbite? I forget. The dancer has she... like spits fire. Yeah. Uh, she sets the church on fire. Maybe she does, but I thought she had fire yeah. uh, powers. We'll have to get we'll have to get back to her. Yeah. Um, and then, but I, mean, I don't remember. But it's, it's pretty rare, I guess, is my point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's it's kind of it's a cool idea, but I wish it wasn't so safe to ignore. Like I wish that we could be tossing ice balls and shit. <laughs> yeah, I think the souls uh, from software I think is really more interested in uh, status effects than they are in traditional elemental strengths and weaknesses. Which mm. is why uh, I forget if it's in Dark Souls three, but at one point there were three kinds of poison, like bleed, toxic, <laughs> and poison. And was that like when did they get rid of that? Was that two? When did they simplify still... that? Those three are still in this. Yeah. Okay. You can get bleed, bleed, toxic, and poison. Toxic oh, doesn't I mean, show up very often. Right. But. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I must have missed, missed toxic then. Even even demon souls had plague too. Oh, plague. Yeah. 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 Uh, and bleed. Uh, it depends on what it was. So bleed like has gone back and forth on what it does to you. Um, I think that the kind of massive health loss is something that happened a little bit later. I think initially. I think what you're thinking of, Bob, is Demon Souls, where I think that bleed yeah, that's right, that's was a right. health. Like I think that drained your health in Demon Souls, yeah, um, as well. It wasn't like a and stamina regen, so it's kind of like frostbite as well. Um, I could be getting some some minor details about this, but regardless of which, they have a lot of. There's always multiple things that suck out your health, and uh, yeah, yeah. Um, we're back to standard bleed though, the massive health loss <laughs> at once, frenzy bleed, yeah, yeah. It's so um, uh, the, the the way through this and the way up past this bonfire is a long staircase that kind of winds around um, and is just kind of like a gauntlet that you have to go we, through. Yeah. Can we I don't know if we are, we're all on the same page of this. Uh, I think this area is really hard. Oh, shit. I yeah. think that I think yes. this uh, like, <laughs> I think I think this this gauntlet and then the gauntlet leading to the end of what we're covering, you know, to get up to Sullivan are <laughs> yep. some of the toughest stuff in the series. Yeah. Especially uh, when you have the uh, the fire guys covering uh, other enemies. <laughs> that's when it gets really tough. Well, the, that's the but, thing is they mix them up. Like the these Pontiff yeah. Knights show up in threes, usually. Mm. Um, it's usually one who is an aggressive swordsman, one that has a shield that snipes, and then often there is a fire uh, one. We won't run into a fire one until the next kind of set here, but usually it's the three of them together and they're really it's like a real D party kind of thing like they really complement <laughs> each other's weaknesses yeah i found it pretty hard to draw them away from each other too um it, i was usually fighting two at once yeah for sure and and even uh drawing within an, an encounter can get messed up because like the next set will almost always slightly overlap and uh kind of engage with you um yeah you know from 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 the previous one so so yeah this is this is an incredibly hard area and what's what's crazy is they do so much with so little right there's not an awful lot of enemy variety here there's a little bit of variety within the enemies themselves but like it's pretty much just the the, those knights the casters and then later on the slaves and the dogs yeah (laughs) you know 
Um, I would, uh, so these guys, these Pot of Knights, um, I ended up like, I kind of, I like these encounters uh, for how tactically kind of mixed up they are. Um, I have kind of a problem with these. I was complaining about it uh, on the internet, but uh, they really do seem to have like limitless stamina. Yeah. And that yeah, kind of, that, that sucks. Like stop doing that from, <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't think that's a good way to design an enemy where there just aren't breaks, you know, <laughs> like if, if, if they happen to have started a combo and you get to the side of them, you're good and you can stun lock them and great. Or if you strike first, but if they, if they hit you with that first thing, they're just going to kind of keep going. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they're so aggressive and so uh, just have this like limitless well of attacks. Yeah. Uh, they ended up really kind of pissing me off this this yeah. run through, partly because I, I was uh, for uh, Henri's Street Sword build update. Uh, the nerf has totally fucked that weapon Jeez. and is no longer recommended. Um, I'm not doing I'm getting out damage pretty quick here and I'm at like plus four out of plus five. Like it's, I've been upgrading it. My luck is mm. at 32. Good. Um, and <laughs> so I'm putting stuff I'm putting the points into it. It's just not good enough anymore. Right. So they can they can summon that fire geyser under you pretty far across the map, can't they? Yeah, yeah. When I, we run into those, I surprise a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because a little bit further up there, so there are three kinds. There are the the aggressive ones, like I said, with the swords. Well, actually, there's four. Later, we get ones with sides yeah. that are also tough. Um, shield guys who are casters generally, mm-hmm. um, and they they spit out these balls of frost. Yeah, uh, that animation is great. <laughs> uh, and then the um, these fire priests. Yeah, who have the, like a, a fire staff. Yeah, the Irithelian fire witch. Um, yes. It sucks because that staff, um, you can actually get it, but it's a uh, sorcery catalyst and not a pyromancy. Like, it's not even a dual-purpose one. Yeah. Um, little bit of a bummer. Those uh, those Boreal Emulator, like the, the Fire Witches, they remind me of, uh, what, what's the Doom enemy that can, like, summon up flame around you and you have to keep oh, moving? Oh, uh, Revenant? Maybe. Yeah, uh... I forget. Um, but, uh, but man, like, they're, they're pretty much just there to complicate the... Uh, uh, the fights with the the regular knights because they're area denial. They they send yeah. out the lines of flame or they put the ring of flame around you. Yeah, yep, yep. Um, and then they they we end up mixing them up even more because they end up be surrounded by these uh these slaves uh, that we end up showing that show up. Yep. They're kind of the equivalent of hollows, but they're never by themselves. Right. Um, and they're mixed in a little bit. I couldn't find like an actual enemy description for them, but like the uh, the hag knights, like the. Uh, you know, witch worshiper kind of ones that are, uh, you know, they they attack with weapons, so they're not like the slaves, but they're kind of around that second fountain that you get to. Mm, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, um, <laughs> just just a minor we're, we're, cool cool thing about the. the uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, Archvile. So mm. not not revenants. Revenants are something different. Okay. Uh, yeah, the Archvile. <laughs> that, that, uh, Great. That doom. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a wonderful thing. So the the uh, the Pontiff Knights they attack really really quickly. Um, and they they justify that in fiction. Their um, their weapons have been eaten by moon bugs, so they're incredibly light, but also very brittle. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm sure I'm sure that uh, applies if you get the item as well. <laughs> like they're probably low durability. Yeah. Um, on your way up here, you see a kind of famous like NPC uh, <laughs> off to the left. Uh, there's a little fence in area we'll be able to get here later, but there is uh, the one evangelist <laughs> that's in this area who is very likely uh, Dorhi. Mm. Um, yeah. who is uh, from things door. He is a, uh, one of the evangelists that got drawn too far into the deep. Yeah. Um, and uh, if you kill her, she drops door. He's gnawing, uh, which is great. Um, in my, my last, uh, last playthrough, um, I ended up my miracle playthrough that I tried to do. I ended up using this and uh, it's just a huge bleed build. 
um, it's a really good miracle. Yeah. And so. uh, bleed is, at least for me, uh, because I never really do a dex kind of thing, I never take advantage of bleed vulnerability or, mm -hmm. you know, like that. So, you know, looking at strategies for different enemies and stuff like, oh, yeah, they're crazy, uh, crazy susceptible to bleed. Um, it always makes me feel like I'm missing out. Yeah, it's it's very useful. And even enemies that are resistant to bleed, like the boss of this area is technically resistant, uh, but the door he's gnawing will proc bleed in just a couple of castings. Hmm. Hmm. So I did a lot of uh, sun broing, just setting back and just chunking the boss <laughs> with uh, with bugs by shooting tiny little uh, locusts at them, <laughs> essentially. Nice. Uh, pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> So you kind of make your way through these D and D uh, guys until you get to the uh, the foot of this uh, of this cathedral, and this is a dead end. But there's some really important stuff here. Um, mm -hmm. You know, uh, there's like a, a company of the knights who are going to march up and down, um, led by this. But there's a there's a shrine, and in front of it is um, a lightning gem. And much later on, you can actually drop down into here and get the ring of the sun's firstborn. Yes, yeah. Um, this is up at the uh, the top. Um, of the stairs kind of past the little corner and everything. I run it real quick before we move on. Uh, talk about the phantoms. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, I forgot about by. those. Yeah. yeah. So there are phantoms that represent all of the outrider knights that we'll see throughout the kingdom uh, that walk on by. They look a lot like a lot of people were saying this was, um, uh, God, uh, Ilium Lois because mm -hmm. they look a little bit like the frog knights. Yeah. Really. Lois, mm. but they are explicitly the uh, the outrider knights and all of them are represented including the uh, the dancer hmm. uh ends up walking by so there are five and there are five outrider knights in the world wow so i this had is the, no uh, idea that's pretty great yeah, yeah this is the them, them, them leaving town <laughs> uh they're, they're spirits <laughs> we get to see them um and i don't know the the, la the other time we saw this uh was way back in kiln of the first flame Right. Um, with the uh, the phantoms hanging around Gwyn, and I don't know what the relation is. Like, those could be those phantoms leaving to go off into the world because we just ended up finding Black Knights. Mm -hmm. And I haven't done this, but I wonder if anyone... If I remember in Kiln of the First Flame, they just kind of spawn forever. Um, I wonder if there are a limited number of them and they correspond to the number of Black Knights out in the world. That would be very crazy. That would be actually. super cool. Yeah. <laughs> Get on it, people with more patience yeah. than me. Well, somebody who has a save at the end of Dark Souls one. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I do not. So, <laughs> yeah, but uh, this uh, th this ring it'll boost your miracles and uh, it tells a familiar story. It gets you the you know the talks about the firstborn who was a god of war and then was cast out and his name was stripped from history. And you know we're we're past the spoiler wall here. Uh, we now know that that is not Solaire, and we're gonna see yeah. who that actually yep. is. Indeed. Yeah. Um, yeah. In in near the end of the season, probably yeah. quite a while uh, down the way. Um, yeah. Did you? What did um, the first time you went through here, Bob? Like, so this is uh, up until this point. Uh, I didn't find Dark Souls three like particularly hard. Like, I died on some bosses, but most of the areas, other than some parts of the Cathedral of the Deep, I was pretty pretty cruising by. But just this stretch to get up to the church took me several tries. Did you have yeah. a similar experience or I had a very similar experience. This is probably the first major uh, hurdle for me in terms of difficulty. I mean, I was dying previously, but this is the first one where I had to seriously think about, do I, am I, am I using the right weapon? Do I need a different weapon? Do I, do I need the, some different armor? Like I was seriously doubting my skills at this point. Uh, you know, going, coming into this game with like 400 hours of dark souls experience, I, I was, I felt like I was coming up a little short. <laughs> <laughs> you had to put in that, that even five. Once you get to 500, yeah. it unlocks. I, like that's not, time. <laughs> uh, 
not remotely true. It is just uh, the fact that these guys all are really dense and have unlimited stamina. I think. <laughs> yeah, especially at that that cathedral at the top of the stairs. I was just doing suicide runs uh, to get items. Like I, yeah. I tried, I tried taking on those enemies, but I, I just it ended in failure every time. Yeah. Yeah. What sucks is, and you know, we talked about how when we first played through the game, it, we never really noticed or didn't feel too much of the burn for um, the lack of poise. You know. Going mm-hmm. back through it with the knowledge you know, of, of how the system works, man, the fact that they have unlimited stamina attack um, so quickly and just don't stop is kind of made to take advantage of the fact that you stagger. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, like for basically no reason. I, my, my... I was using a, um, a strength build, and um, I think it was Vort's hammer, the, uh, the, the totally awesome ice hammer you can get by beating the first boss in the game. Yeah. Um, and that, that, that weapon is designed to take advantage of, you know, staggering enemies. So it really did not help me here. <laughs> the, um, I thought when I first went through, I was playing a strength build, but because I had, uh, put all my points into strength to hold my gigantic fuck off weapon, <laughs> I didn't have good armor. So the first time I went through, I was like, oh, that's just kind of the price you pay for doing light armor. You know, of course I'm getting staggered. And then when I went through on that that faith build, I had heavier armor, and that's when I kind of knew like, oh, like something's <laughs> wrong. Uh, mm. And this playthrough that I'm going with a straight sword, since I'm just putting points into luck and I don't need any other stat other than you know reg- regular health and, and stamina, um, I am wearing fairly heavy armor uh, and can still medium roll, and it's still not you know. And this is where I'm feeling it the most. Yeah. You know, mm. and and who knows? You could separate the psychology of like I know about it now, so maybe yeah, that's. Yeah. There's something psychosomatic there, but it definitely feels like I've seen it not affect every layer of armor, you know, <laughs> or every uh, every amount of armor. And it, it bums me out. Like, this is something that the first time through I was like, I still visually love this area and I like the design of these these enemies a lot. Uh, these these encounter designs I don't love. I like the mix up. I don't like the way that these guys are just can just attack you for days. So the way forward, because there really is no way to progress through this uh, square. This is very linear. This entire area, <laughs> oh, like yeah. we're gonna go, we're gonna go through yeah. a really circuitous route that feels like nonlinear, but is actually just the only way forward. <laughs> yeah, with no doubling back or anything like that, really. Oh. Either um, a couple of shortcuts that kind of uh, close the loop, but um, but the way forward is through this building called Yorshka's Church, um, and we're gonna meet Yorshka later. Um, this is, uh, kind of related to paint, painted world kind of stuff. Uh, but there's some weird stuff happening in this church for some very kind of obscure quests. Yes. Um, so this is, uh, if we're following Henri's proper quest, we see her here, her or him here, uh, inside the church. And, uh, at this point, you know, this is if in back in the day, back in Skele- Zone. If we didn't tell her where Horace was or anything, he's down in an area we're going to cover a little bit later um, called the Smoldering Lake. And uh, we can kill him. We can just not tell her any number of those things, but we don't send her to him. Um, If we show up here, uh, she's just kind of hanging out. She's still pursuing uh, Aldric. Um, But there's a really, really, like I find to be like really, really obscure articulation point here. (laughs) Um, Is that, am I being crazy? Like, is that something that... Mm. Because I was talking to a friend of the show, Alice, and she's like, yeah, I noticed it right away. And I'm like, you're bragging. <laughs> like, like, you're, at this point, you're just trying to make me feel bad. Because uh, I think this is really, you know, when I talk about Dark Souls 3 
NPC quest being really fiddly. Like, this is really fiddly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I screwed uh, up every NPC quest in an almost comical way. Just, like, <laughs> revisiting videos. Like, I oh, I could have done that. I could have saved him. But, and this, this person never showed up for me. Like, I think I missed maybe a, 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 a substantial chunk of content in the game in my first playthrough just by... Just by making logical decisions with these with these quests, <laughs> I, yeah, it is. Uh, it's it's very different than NPC quest lines in the earlier games, where like you can begin them. It's just the endings are obscure. Yeah. Yeah. Here, like the beginnings and middles are obscure as well. <laughs> uh, so what we're talking about is that uh, Henri uh, is here, and Yuria, who you if you've been working with Yuria, um, you've been hollowing yourself and talking to her. Um, she actually sends uh, an assassin, or if you haven't been working with her, excuse mm-hmm. me, uh, she sends an assassin here. Uh, so keep in mind, that's one point of articulation. <laughs> yep. If you're working with her, Henri's safe yeah. because she has plans for Henri. Yeah. If you're not working with her, she sends a, an assassin here who is using the spell Chameleon. Uh, <laughs> so you have to kind of show up here and attack the statues. Uh, does the, does it happen like after a point or do you ever get a vision of the statues before the chameleon? Not that I know of. I, I don't mean. think so either. Like you just have to, like how paranoid do you have to be? <laughs> <laughs> like, in, unless somebody leaves a, a marker for you. Uh, does the statue look different than, uh, the others? I mean, usually they're the, uh, when you use chameleon, your, your version of the object is like slightly different, maybe like just the tiniest bit different. All I can think of is if somebody is really attuned to like knowing chameleon, like if you've dealt with that a lot, maybe you're going to be able to like sense, you know, like a, like a Metal Gear Solid card. That box shouldn't be there. Um, yeah. But like, no, it just, it, it definitely feels, it feels like a stretch to me. And it feels like something that, you know, I haven't done, you know, just a caveat here. I haven't done Yuria's quest. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if like that is something like she implies like, hey, you know, be ashamed if something would happen to Henri or, you know, just like if you know that that's an arrow in her quiver like that, it, it feels a little bit like a fuck you. I, th- I think it feels really hostile too. it's not she doesn't say anything about that. I mean, you know that she has these agents out there if you're working with her because you can summon them. Right. And eventually, if you're not working with her, she sends some after you. I believe that never happened with me because mm-hmm. I either didn't trigger her at all or I worked with her because, yeah. hey, five free stat points because they don't <laughs> disincentivize it at all. Right. Um, so uh, the one time I went through, I just didn't deal with her at all. I did Henri's quest, but I also didn't, you know, didn't have her involved. Um, the uh, Well, that's not true. I'm trying to think of I, I've played through the game now three times and I'm trying to get the things mixed up regardless of which she doesn't say like watch out for Henri. right she mentions Henri to you uh as a possible spouse mm-hmm. if you're working with her but if you're not she doesn't say hey we're going to take care of Henri. <laughs> right. um you know so it is uh i think this is really really pretty hostile <laughs> <laughs> so so it's it's weird it only works like it, it only makes sense if you have done yuria's quest first like to know that, yeah. that, that that Henri is in any real danger from Yuria and that there are these agents that are going to be out there. Like it's super obscure. Like it's just off in a corner and it feels like a way to just like, well, okay, gotcha. It, it's another way that I feel like Dark Souls 3 is made to be played multiple times mm-hmm. um, where like the areas are not huge, but they're very dense. Like there aren't that many of them, but they're very dense. And the NPC quest lines, you're supposed to get these kind of like tantalizing glimpses of them without... Uh, actually knowing how to finish them. I think the area where it kind of falls down with that, though, is that the step to actually finish them uh, are oftentimes too obscure. Uh, Between this and Sigurd's quest, which we're going to get into in an episode or two, uh, how that ends, are just the things that you do are a little bit too much. 
uh, I think. I have a uh, I have an analogy that might make no sense, but if if Dark Souls was like Castlevania two in terms of uh, odd puzzles, uh, Dark Souls three feels more like La Mulana. I don't know if you guys have played that, but uh, <laughs> yeah. oh sure, that makes it, it's like almost indecipherable unless you're looking at a wiki sometimes. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So and she doesn't Henri doesn't have any like valuable dialogue really here. She gives you a gesture. Uh, you talk to her a little bit, but she just kind of says she's still on her way. Um, if you don't let her get killed, you can summon her for help. Um, the other thing we know about this church is it's related to the uh, Moonlight Blades. Right. Uh, because we find a, uh, a roster of knights, uh, which is an item that shows their rankings um, here. And you also find a covenant of a, or a concord kept. Yes. Concord of covenant kept cord. Something <laughs> like that. I don't... Proof, of, proof of a concord kept. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the, so that's here. Um, and there's a there's a mysterious room that we're going to be seeing later that has the obligatory uh, two one or two two jump. Or uh, yes, yeah, yeah. We can walk up to these little stairs to see uh, where we're going to jump down to. Yeah. Um, out back there's a graveyard. Uh, you, uh, if you fought, um, uh, boy, what's his name? Uh, the uh, the guy from Dark Souls two, who's Creighton. If you fought Creighton, mm -hmm. uh, he'll invade you here. Mm. Um, in the graveyard. Um, and and pop out. But otherwise, you're just grabbing a bone. Uh, yep. homeward bone and a bone shard yeah um the over to the bone zone um yes yeah uh so <laughs> what's what's crazy here is there's a there's a corvian kind of like kneeling and praying at the uh the large headstone where the uh the um, bone shard is at and i don't know what that means like i think it might be a link to the painted world maybe if we're going with that theory I, I don't I uh, we didn't talk this that was the thing that uh, in the episode with Austin Walker where he was talking about the theory that we bleeped out mm -hmm. it was the idea that the painted world is leaked out into the real world uh, I I personally don't think there's enough for that mm -hmm. like I've read that read that up uh, a couple times a couple Reddit threads about it and it doesn't it feels really conjectury to me yeah um, are we I don't to know I don't there's have... some sorry are we to believe there's some sort of magic turpentine involved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, you mean dip? <laughs> we should. Um, oh. Yeah, no, that's real. That's real. Yeah. Okay. No, we should get Mickey on the case. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when I killed your precious Gwendolyn, he sounded just <laughs> like this. <laughs> um, the uh, yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I've read the thing and I don't necessarily buy it, but mm. maybe you know, it's it's fun to read. Yeah. Um, and it would explain the Corvian here. <laughs> um, but other than that, I don't. I don't know about it. Yeah. Out back behind uh, this uh, this graveyard, down again, we're in the underbelly of the city, and it's looking a little bit less opulent. Um, we find um, these uh, some alleyways with uh, with these dogs, which have vaguely human heads. They like they, very human heads. They yeah. have like skull heads. Yeah. So initially, I'm just thinking, like, why are these dogs kicking my ass? Because dogs are you know, like that's a known thing. They've been in every one of these games. No, these are different. <laughs> Cool. Does that it's a, in real in real life? Do you think if a dog had a human head, he'd be more likely to kick your ass? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Probably from fear, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know what to do. They could at least taunt you at the same time. All <laughs> yeah. chasing after you. Bark, bark, punk. Who's a bad boy? <laughs> You're a bad boy. Unless it was the dog human head from uh, uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, mm. and that that guy, I could not be scared of. <laughs> This section's very brief, but it reminded me of uh, a lot of the Lost Bastille, uh, just like alleyways and dogs, hmm. like corners. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I could, I could definitely see that. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> so we have these, uh, these slave hollows that are invisible. Uh, they're just floating eyes, and you can't lock onto them until they uh, kind of emerge. Yeah, until you're uh, like basically within arm's reach. Yeah, um, and they're going to be kind of the predominant enemy for this middle section here. Uh, that we go as we go down to the waterfront. 
um, you know, past some things, there's uh, just some little, you know, little bits here. This is where we, uh, or a little bit back is where we get down to Dory's. Uh, here there is uh, uh, this little dark room, like this barn yeah. you go in uh, that is just stacked with these things. <laughs> uh, and there are ones that are crawling as well that are similar to the crawling corpses from Bloodborne. <laughs> and so what's crazy is like when you when you walk into this dark room and you kind of look down and you see the the white eyes with the uh, the, the the black clouds kind of like blowing around their heads, they look, they look like humanity sprites. Oh, I can I see that, yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't quite catch that yeah. uh, when I look, looked down on them. Um, possibly because I always pop out the torch mm, uh, yeah. when I get here, but um, my eyes ain't so good. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I did not notice that. Uh, yeah. that parallel. It's a it, it's for a brief moment, but it hit it hit me pretty hard uh, the first mm -hmm. time and then this time as well because I kind of forgot about these guys. Oh, the humanity sprites. Oh no, yeah. not not the humanity oh. sprites. The uh, like these guys. These these. Oh yeah. Guys. Yeah. I forgot about the, the the details of the way they looked. I remember fighting them. But yeah, this I, I is. Think, good. Um, the mystery of the darkness is supposed to make them a lot more intimidating because they're pretty easy, even in, in great number. Yeah. 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 You can, you can kind of carve your way through here. It's kind of a pain to run through if you end up having to do that for some reason, because mm -hmm. uh, if one of them tags you again, no poise. But if you, <laughs> uh, if you are just going through like a, even remotely slowly, you can take these guys out pretty easily. Yeah. Um, we get another tie. We learn a little bit more about Yorshka. We find her spear here, which is like a hammer spear thing that has a skill called pacify. <laughs> <laughs> which makes you know makes you think of uh, police, which is kind of what the dark moons are. Mm -hmm. um, it lets you drain enemy FP with each attack. Yeah, uh, which is it feels strictly PvP, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, yeah, never never really used it. It doesn't really scale that well, honestly. Like a lot of uh, yeah. like a lot of spear stuff. Um, out back here, uh, when you actually get to the waterfront, this is where this is great. Yeah, this is this is fantastic. So we're down at this kind of like sparkling creek. Um, and, uh, there, there, there are what appears to be drowning bodies or drowned bodies, um, kind of submerged back around, you know, like towards the walls and stuff. Before we get to the, the, the twist of those things real quick, I want to yeah. talk about, uh, just very briefly how cool it is to find like a very beautiful body of water and then find something dead inside it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like how, how cool, like a, a scary moment is that is, <laughs> you know, cause it's like, oh, this like is very peaceful and stuff. And then you look and they're just. You, and you see tons of them. Mm -hmm. Like it's like, oh, there are there are like half a dozen of these like corpses floating in this water. <laughs> That's so like that feeling of like corruption and poison. You know, it, it like it uh, it's like that the urban legend about like drinking the cask of rye and then finding the dead body preserved in it. Yeah, that kind of feeling of like, oh, this thing I've been kind of waiting in that looks kind of refreshing is actually yeah. full you're, of dead. You're walking along the railroad tracks with your friends, and you try to decide to take a take a dip, and then all of a sudden you're covered with leeches. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then you find like, a dead body, but that's what yeah. you were out there for. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, you have to go get a uh, leech at you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, this is off topic, but that movie made, made me never want to jump into a uh, a non chlorinated body of water. <laughs> I, I don't think I ever have actually, just because of Stand by Me. <laughs> if I can't see the bottom, um, oh yeah, I don't well, come it, a knocking. If I don't know the leeches. population, yeah, yeah. How many? <laughs> I need a leech zero. Uh, thing. Or there needs to be one leech on the other side of the pool that I can see at all times. <laughs> uh, oh, leeches, or I'm always scared of broken bottles. Mm. Like some 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 hillbilly jamboree happened out there, and somebody threw a you know a couple of a couple of glass bottles in the lake, and then you just you know you just can't see the bottom. You step down on a on a you know a Miller High Life bottle, Ugh. and then like that's just it for your foot, and you've got like river filth inside it. Yep. 
So yeah, do not swim in natural bodies of water. Mm, so You've fun. got incurable hillbilly diseases now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's a werebilly. Um, even only the- overalls feel comfortable now. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> yeah. You got you got uh, Hatsfield Jacob disease. <laughs> yeah. Even even a beach. Mouth straw. <laughs> Even a beach, you know, I was just uh, just at the beach uh, last week as of when we were recording and uh, going out and like, looking at like, oh, they're like dolphins, like 30 feet that way. And they're playing and taunting me with their majesty. And then you look down like, oh, I'm surrounded by jellyfish. Yeah, it's the worst, man. Like we, we, use, uh, we do our game retreat and we go out to the beach. And like the first year we were there, it was like really pretty and great. Second year, dead je- jellyfish city. Like something <laughs> happened. There was some kind of story that the news was not reporting about the jellyfish community <laughs> because there were. It's kind of like, civil war. Yeah, like, whoever wins, we lose. Uh, it was be- because there was no less than like 70 dead jellyfish on the beach. Oh. It was awful. Like I was trying to look around at all these beautiful rocks and like windswept vistas. And I was too scared of stepping on a monster to do it. Like so gross. Make love, uh, not man of war. Yeah. <laughs> this this year we're going to the mountains where the only thing we had to worry about is like bears. brown recluses and bears. So god nature sucks <laughs> burn it all down yeah <laughs> no thanks oh, Anywho, man. i forget so, so you see that you see these corpses and you think they're just fine corpses you're gonna go check them out because corpses are great and then go ahead cole what were you saying <laughs> no and then all of a sudden they get up and uh, it's a it's a spider ringu um is what it is they're these sewer centipede things that uh they're a uh, woman with long black hair uh kind of a similar gaping dragon kind of chest on the bottom of them like the same like undulating spinneret kind of stuff but they're i can't get a sense of how many legs they are but they're spider ladies and they will attack you and spit poison and they're fucking everywhere they're everywhere they're really easy but they're very intimidating right yeah for sure which i which i really like um you know is the uh because again i don't feel like this game needs to be harder i want it to be creepier yeah <laughs> and uh these, these guys do a great job of that uh um, i love these things am i crazy that i think it'd be pretty great to crack off one of their legs and suck the meat out of that bad boy that's definitely, <laughs> and it's definitely sentient so <laughs> i don't know right. crazy is the right word uh yeah it, the I mean, Orlando buffet yeah. I saw one of them write a song, Cole. Like I don't. Uh, <laughs> they're very. They're, they uh, they have hopes and dreams. Um, You're right, so, Gary. They are easy to fight, but I, I I just wanted them to die so they would stop moving and making noises. Yeah. Oh, shit. What what a cool thing to for a video game to engage, right? Like this idea <laughs> that like my motivation is not survival. My motivation is not having like the same motivation you have when you actually see a spider, or like yeah. a, like a big scary bug in in your house, and you don't want to do the good thing and like let it outside it's like oh this is too scary to live like yeah i can't have this uh, a little unearthly house centipede it's like you you have too many legs you're moving in a strange way i can't comprehend this yeah and i I can't have my back to you like i just don't know what you'll be doing and that's how these things feel like to me like what am i going to do if i turn my back to go get this treasure over here i got to go pick up a great heel and all you're going to do is like i don't know like have a meeting any 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 number of scary things that these things could do (laughs) you go to Um, a meeting yeah <laughs> okay yeah uh yeah somebody somebody hasn't heard of slack <laughs> use offer code yeah. Yeah. um so you get you you do actually do find great heal and you find out one of these slug priests from uh, rosaria's chamber right i have no idea why nope i think that it just like may, maybe he accidentally stepped on a catapult and he landed here i at first it may reminded me of the bloodborne dlc mm-hmm. with the uh the snail lady falling from the sky yeah 
And I was like, oh, did I miss something? Like, did I, <laughs> it triggered and I was looking at one of these uh, house centipedes and it fell from the sky, but no, it's just here. And like, there are ties, right? Like those things are kind of <laughs> tied to Guinevere who is tied to this area, but there's no, like, there's just links. There's not sentences in between. It's just like a big blank line that you could put something there, but I have no idea why it's here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Bob, uh, you avoided the, uh, the, the, the Sullivan beast, just like I did. How surprised were you when he was like, get over here? Yeah, that is something I was not expecting at all. <laughs> I, I had no idea. I never, I never suffered that thing to live. Like he, he spawns down here. Uh, yeah, you didn't. Oh, yeah. that's bonkers. No, no, I didn't. <laughs> so... I ran from him, but I always came back and killed him before too late because I. Am a, <laughs> so does he spawn there uh, if you don't kill him on the bridge? Uh, yeah. Okay, that must explain. That explains it. Yeah, I was like, I thought I was out of that situation, but here he comes. <laughs> wow, he's already. Yeah. Yep. So you'll but just I was be... making a lot of suicide runs down here too to get items uh, with that guy. Like I never fought him. I probably should have. I probably could have taken him on. Yep. No. So if you kill the uh, if you kill the beast up on the bridge, you're fine. This is just a big open water area. If you don't, um, he appears in a puff of smoke, just like he does up there, and he moves at full speed. Even though you can only move at full speed on those little islands that are like only barely submerged. Mm. Uh, and you know, you're <laughs> this is a far less advantageous place to fight him. I don't know if you can you know go back up to the bridge and re-engage him there or not. But uh, but yeah. Person. Yeah, it's a, uh, it is it is a real real dick move, <laughs> uh, a very entertaining one though. Yeah, yeah, it kind of reminded um, me of how in uh, Sc Scholar of the First Sin, where they would have Penetrator show up mm -hmm. at, at bad times. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah for sure. Um, yeah, yeah, very well. Uh, so I I didn't have him show up for me, but that's pretty cool. I like that that happens. Um, I because I love that in uh with a pursuer like popping out at random places. There's um regardless of whether you fight him or you fought him before, you can head down. If you start heading down from here, there's a bonfire that's useful to grab. Uh, it actually leads to a different area we're going to cover uh, in a, in an episode or two. Yeah. Um. So, but it's good to it's good to hit the bonfire. Mm -hmm. Um. You actually had to go in through this sewer uh, that's full of shit uh, <laughs> in order to get actually into like a manor, like a proper area yeah. of this. Um. There are two sets of ashes down here potentially. Um, the excrement-covered ashes, which continue their uh, fascination with uh, making hollows seem nostalgic for bodily functions. Mm -hmm. Oh, to savor <laughs> the sweet pungency, but one more. Yeah, that's very strange. Yeah. Um, and then this is the end of uh, Grey Rat's quest. Or it can be. Okay. Like, if, if you... Uh, so, you can send him to uh, Irithyll. So, we sent him to the Undead Settlement. He's fine. <laughs> if you send him to Irithyll, you have to either have Sigurd here. Uh, Sigurd will protect him. Or you tell Patches about him, and then Patches will go protect him. Hmm. If you send Grey Rat here without either of those things, he dies here. Okay. That's uh, what happened to me. Yeah. I mean, because it's uh, NPC quest lines in Dark Souls 3 are incomprehensible. <laughs> like, you're just going to yeah. end up with a dead, empty fire link on your first playthrough. Um, but th that's how it works. Like, okay. um, you, he has to, he needs a bodyguard. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the other, and then after this, um, just so we don't have to talk, because there's no dialogue or anything. Um, <laughs> if you ultimately, if you send him to uh, Lothric, uh, nobody can protect him in Lothric. Right. So if you send him to Lothric, you're just asking for him to die, and he'll find his ashes there. Yeah. So um, we we head up from this this basement full of full of Ringus uh, to find a kitchen. Um, and if we have been following uh, Sigurd's quest line, he is sleeping in front of a fire, and he has made uh, made some soup for us. <laughs> um, and so he talks like he admits, like, ah, oh, yes, I make a I make a great Estes soup. 
And I think like, so there's something about the phrasing and the way that he says it that makes me think, oh, this is his recipe. Just like the, uh, just like Siegbrow is. Mm. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, he just, he's a cook. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty strange. <laughs> Um, but uh this is where he talks about like oh you know did you hear the profaned capital is below here he talks about an old friend and you know how he's on a quest to fulfill a promise that he really doesn't want to fulfill yeah and we will uh we'll get to that in an episode or two um as well yeah. uh where we'll talk about and that's where his uh his quest line ends yeah but here he just kind of uh kind of <laughs> keeps it going he gives you the the spell uh great force and another sea brow so you can add to your collection uh and i mean it's a useful item but it's just it's unique or it's you know there's only two of them so you don't want to use them yeah um, but for now he's just kind of here to give you a resting spot and let you have some soup um, i like that that soup is there because if you are the next part of this game is hard and mm-hmm. if you're running through the sewers without bothering to engage the spider ringos and you get uh spider ringo <laughs> <laughs> fellas spider ringo. Some, some things happened i can now drum eight toms at a time um <laughs> like it's an octopus's garden, but on land. Uh, yeah. If uh, if you just run through there and get tagged, uh, you end up at full health for this next little bit. Yeah, which I like. Yeah, so I this, this is my favorite. Pro- this is my favorite space of uh, Estes Soup. I think this is the most tactically like generous right placement. Yeah, it's a good Estes snack. Um, before mm-hmm. uh, a remarkable um, set piece that is, I think, remarkable and remarkably subdued. Mm-hmm. Like this is environmental storytelling 101. Like, what are we gonna do? Ah, fuck it. Just just put up some art and then have an enemy buy it. Yeah. Yeah. It is uh so, so you walk up into this room uh, and we get the silver knight here. Uh and you can see from the side of the room he is looking at a uh, a painting of uh Guinevere. Mm-hmm. Um and just kind of staring at it. Uh it's super good. And I'm glad that this is all when we where everyone figured it out. So yeah. nobody has to feel like they're in, you know. In the slow, slow, slow zone um, here. Did you guys? So the second question though is, did you guys get caught by the trap? Or, I did. I, the, I did uh, as well. The, the archer. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I. I uh, good. Good on you. Like points <laughs> to you, Dark Souls Three, because I was definitely going to go. I mean, because I wanted to. It was my motivation was so strange because it's like I need to kill this guy and check out this room. Oh yeah. Like oh, there's other painting shit. Like I need to get out the binoculars. Uh, let me rush this Silver Knight. And not only is the Silver Knight like have an expanded move set uh, from the old Silver Knights, like he has lightning powers in his sword, mm-hmm. but there's an archer covering him. Right. So yeah, I, I have the same impulse as you, Gary. Like I realized where I was, and I realized how I need to start paying really close attention to every little piece of the environment. So I wanted him <laughs> dead just to be safe to do that. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, it, uh, it it works very well. Um, I I wanted to be able to sit on those chairs that were in the <laughs> room. They looked very comfortable. <laughs> but uh, you, you can go up and kill that archer. And uh, he's got another buddy up there. And like this is, you know, a straight up, you know, great arrow kind of thing like these. They, they will knock you over um, as you approach, which is mm-hmm. which is a bit of a bummer. Also, on that upper floor, there are urns that have cold in them. Yes. Hey, this is where we keep our cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's, it's the ice box. <laughs> yep. I throw one of these in a cooler. They're all set for Sieg Browse all weekend. Yeah. So let's talk about the paintings and then talk about what we find in the oh, chest yeah. upstairs. So the paintings, yeah. I was able to identify um, uh, what looks like Irithel. Okay, fine, good. That's totally the Duke's archives. I can tell by the dome and the tower. Okay. Yeah. What appears to be Gwendolyn, I think. Uh, so I think that... Um, 
So I think that that people have said that's actually Nashandra. I, that so I I thought that, but people, that's that that doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't. Well, it doesn't make sense, but that's the other theory. Yeah, I'm just putting yeah. that out there. Yeah. I don't think it's Gwendolyn either, though. Um, mm. I think that it might be. Um, God, what's her name? The uh, the angel lady from because this area ends up having ties. Sullivan has ties to Lothric, uh, who is here. So I wonder if it is. Oh, the the queen lady. Yeah, not the queen. The lady who like treated with angels, mm, yeah. um, who caused the civil war. It's like Ma- name... Meredith or something like that. I forget. I mean, yeah, it's escaping me right now. People yeah. are flipping out. Yep. Um, but the because uh, she's she's not lore insignificant. I just you know forgot that this painting yeah. was here and that we'd have to talk about her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know that it's Gwendolyn. Possible. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, there's also a throne here and then a picture of Anna Rwando kind of in its heyday. The other reason why people thought that that might be Nishandra is because the throne recalls the throne of Wand. It's not exactly the same. It doesn't have the smaller throne carved into it. Right. But the lighting is the same as the uh, the chamber of Wand. Yeah. Those are my, those, like those are my first my first impulses. Actually, I just talked myself out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not sure. Um, could be. Uh, if you guys have theories or if you guys know, definitely write in. Yeah. Um, and let us know. Um, it is kind of silly to have this uh, <laughs> this series of paintings that are just like, hey, this is where you're really at. You know, it's also, like it's like an evidence dungeon. Like all that they're yeah. missing is uh, is like red yarn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's it's very like because uh, just having a picture of the city you're in uh, inside the a building of the city is really kind of weird to me. Um, it's like in Star Trek, Star Trek: The Next Generation, where there are all those paintings of space. Yep. Um, there are windows, and then there are also paintings of space. <laughs> Um, it's pretty silly, um, but like still really cool. Like I, like I'm, if I'm being cynical about it now in the moment I was, my jaw was on the floor. Like it was like super oh, cool. I was like, oh, oh shit. Like things just got real. And that, that continues. If you go upstairs, uh, where you can fight this archer, um, there are three chests here, uh, that have, uh, significant items, a, a divine blessing, uh, Smo's great hammer and the Leo ring. Hmm. Um, which is like, ooh, those <laughs> items, those yeah. guys. I was half expecting to fight Orange and Smo at the end of this. <laughs> Me too. Like I, Me too. yeah, I thought like that would be the boss of this area. Because <laughs> um, I knew Sullivan would be involved, but I didn't know how far this stretched. I knew Eldrick and Sullivan were definitely bosses, but I was like, oh, the boss is going to be Orange and Smo. <laughs> like fucking weird. Like on each other's shoulders, or just inside of a giant suit of armor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like a giant trench coat. One of them, yeah. like, while making a fake mustache with his finger. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Sne- sneaking into a uh, sneaking into a movie. <laughs> yeah. How great would it be if uh, they had just uh, if Sullivan had uh, like the animated armor of Orenstein and Samoa or something like that, like we eventually see with uh, with Dragon Slayer um later on and like the fight the fight with sullivan was he sicked that he sicked them on you and cast spells from the sidelines and mm-hmm. if you defeated them then he would uh he would surrender and they would give you a little bit more story and then you had the option to spare him or uh get him that'd be kind of neat <laughs> i don't know i like that idea yeah yeah okay that, that would be would i'm gonna be go nifty. learn unity um <laughs> yeah. i mean and, right and part of like yeah <laughs> the brb <laughs> learning unity um <laughs> Yeah, I and mean, we'll get to that, that Dragon Slayer armor. Yeah. I don't think that's as cut and dry of, as Ornstein's armor uh, as as that. But it, it is it's similar. It is another Dragon Slayer, I think. Hmm. The same kind of design. Yeah. Um, but anywho, uh, so pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you head up out of here and uh, head to the final stretch, um, which is just another really tough gauntlet. <laughs> um, a really I'm... long staircase full of dogs yeah. and casters covering each other. I used my... Uh... I use my football strategy for this one and just plowed <laughs> through it. Yep. 
set your shoulder and go. I'm very happy to hear that both of you had trouble with this because I banged my head against it. I think like I died five times going through it. It was crazy. It's really devious. Um, and having the casters be invisible makes a huge difference because when you are uh, engaging one of them, trying to take out one of them uh, while distracted by dogs, you don't know where the bullets are coming from or where the magic missiles are coming from. You, you, you can't judge that on your approach. So they don't shoot until you get up to the caster that you're going to take out, and then the other caster is covering them. Um, there's a dog that acts like 100% not like a dog and just <laughs> hides be, hides behind like a, a statue uh, at the top of the first landing um, and just waits for you to get past there just to stunlock you so you can get kind of stunlocked by a magic missile. Like, yep. it is so tactically intense. Like, this I actually really like because nobody feels like they're cheating. Mm -hmm. It just feels like it's a really, really hard run. Um, that you have to be very careful. You either have to run through, which it's, I'm glad that's an option, or you have to just very carefully plan yeah. to get through. Um, much harder with no no ranged weapons. Um, <laughs> this, the current, the luck build I'm doing now does not have ranged weapons at all. Yeah, nor does mine. And, uh, and it, is, uh, it is much trickier yeah. if you can't do anything like that. And yeah, so I just, I felt, felt a little bit dumb, but I'm, yeah, again, I'm very happy to hear because, because they're very humble enemies on their own. They just arrange them diabolically. Yeah. Which, which is great. Like that's how you should repurpose easy enemies, Yeah, you know, is to, to find new configurations and stuff rather than just stacking thousands of them up on top of each other, you know, yeah. um, which is, this is a really good way to do it. Mm-hmm. So at the top of this, at the top of this just hellish run, there's a there, there there's a shortcut you can open up uh, that'll end up getting you to uh, back to the Yorshka's bonfire, which is super useful. You're no longer making the run through the manor, which I ended mm -hmm. up having to do much more than I'm comfortable admitting. Um, and uh, you also get kind of to the top to the front doors of the cathedral uh, for an awesome little mini boss fight with uh, one of these pontiff knights with a scythe. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, this guy's a real son of a bitch. Um, and again, just really aggressive and he can dead angle you, uh, cause my strategy for these guys is to try to get to the side of them. Like if, if they happen to do a two or three hit combo and I can be to the side, then I win. Uh, if they tag me first, then I'm in trouble and I have to kind of roll away and try to heal. Um, but there, the scythe has such a wide angle of attack that it will clip you on the sides, uh, as you attempt to roll to the side. Yeah. Um, after you get past this guy, you get up to the, uh, the top of the church. Um, you can head back down. You can get that son's firstborn ring. You can open up another shortcut back to the, uh, the church, uh, to Yorshka's church, but we're in front of the boss fight for Sullivan. Um, as you know, real quick, before we go in, if you summon, um, Blackhand Gothard, uh, uh, Gothard, um, not G Gothard is such a weird <laughs> thing. The, the, the fourth grader in me cannot handle that. Um, Gothard, uh, you get a gesture. Hmm. So that's pretty fun. You get a, the buy my sword gesture, which is a really cool, nice kind of intense thing. But uh, you go through this boss fog into this church to fight the boss uh, Pontiff Sullivan. So in the in the balance, this might might be my favorite boss fight in the game. Actually. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've I've got some mixed feelings on it, but let's uh, let's go let's go through. <laughs> um, it is I, I like it. Um, so he's in a beautiful arena, like oh, yeah. amazing amazing <laughs> arena, um, just like a beautiful church lined pews, and 
really, really awesome framed kind of like composed shot when you first come in of him slowly approaching you from the other side of the room. Yeah. It's awesome looking. Yeah, there's no cutscene, notably. It's just this yeah. what appears to be a tiny little guy um, in this foreshortened perspective. But no, he's actually pretty big and he's coming at you pretty fast. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he, he is this is a, a sword fight boss. Um, he's really, really aggressive. Part of the problem I have with him is very similar to the problem I have with his knights, which is that sometimes he just kind of keeps going. Like if you get your foot caught on a pew or something like that, or you get uh, up against the wall, I've been stunlocked to death in a way that feels kind of shitty. Um, like he doesn't have downtime the way other dual fights do, hmm. you know? Um, like he does. I mean, he does when he does his jab, like his straight jab is usually a good time to hit him. It's just kind of, there aren't as many times that are open uh, that I would like. Um, his gimmick I really love, but just in his first phase, I get a little bit frustrated by him. Yeah. I, so, so that, you know, I, I think that it might be another case of like RNG kind of stuff. I never ended up uh, uh, getting him like an infinite loop kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. I did notice, you know, he does he does rest um, uh, a lot less. Like I, I saw that, too. For me, that kind of lended more to it feeling like really intense and breathless as a fight. Mm. Um, and that kind of made it feel appropriate to me or that like that that tone that tone and pace felt really appropriate for like what this fight was yeah i feel uh, i feel incredibly biased when it comes to judging these duel fights because i've probably fought the fume knight in dark souls 2 uh i, w- I would have to say maybe 60 times before i, I finished him off so mm. anything that's better than that i automatically like just because that was my own like cross <laughs> the bear beating that guy yeah i i have a harder time with fighting this guy alone than I do with Fume Knight. Wow, um, yeah. It could be a personal I, I, thing. Yeah, I, I'd be curious. As it's one of those times, like I keep saying in the season, where like I would love <laughs> to see actually see other people fight these things that I have trouble with, and then vice versa. Like, things mm-hmm. I find very easy, I'd like to see people have trouble with it as well. Um, like, I did, I, I've aced this guy, or not aced him, I've soloed him, uh, rather. Um, I didn't the first time. The first time I played through, I couldn't. Uh, I just I got I was so sick of it and I wanted to see what was beyond that wall so much because of the tantalizing lore stuff <laughs> that I summoned help. Uh, the second time I went through, I was like, I'm going to fight every boss by myself yeah. and uh, and managed to do it. Um, but I just I find him, uh, like I said, like a little bit overly aggressive and like you, you can parry mm-hmm. him, which I, I like bosses that you can parry. Mm-hmm. But his uh, he just chains attacks so much that the risk for missing a parry is being like you're signing up for more damage than just the initial strike because he's I, going to follow it up with another attack and another attack. I just remember like. what happened to me uh, the first time I fought him. So I have a killer strategy to beat this boss. Uh, the first okay. step is to play play Dark Souls 3 before it's released and has a lot of bugs. And then <laughs> if you get to the boss, uh, he won't be moving at all. And you can just slap okay. him to death, and then he'll die. That's exactly what happened to me when I fought this boss the first time. I just remembered that. <laughs> was that a common that, bug in the game until, like, like a few weeks after release? I remember, like, bosses would spawn but not move, and oh. you could just whack the hell out of them, and they they would die, and you would win. It would just be that simple. <laughs> yeah, it, I, that's what the uh, the Bloodborne speedrun is like, and it's uh-huh. really boring to watch because most of them are tricking the bosses into not fully spawning. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like much worse than the memory leak bug. <laughs> like yeah, in yeah. Terms of rendering the game. What happened was his model was just floating around without animating, but he wasn't attacking. It was just like a, a un, an unmoving model moving <laughs> across the battlefield. So creepy. Yeah. Super weird. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I just something about this guy. I couldn't get. I didn't get that good duel feeling mm-hmm. from him. I don't know what exactly what it is, but it didn't feel like a fun duel. It felt like so contrast him with the dancer, which is probably the most similar boss fight in the game. Mm-hmm. Like I love that boss fight. Yeah, like that feels appropriate to me. Like that's where I got that sense of like give and take. Hmm. You know that that I want. I didn't get that from from this guy. Yeah, and, and so like I'm also partial to this because it feels like a really good um, iteration on False King a lot. Mm. I, I yeah, I don't I don't know about that either, man. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying. I'm not doing it to be contrarian. <laughs> like he's his he moves so differently from a lot. Like as somebody who's fought a lot very recently, a lot has three moves and one of them is a combo and it's like a two hit combo. Okay, Pontiff is combo crazy. Hmm. Like at least when I fought him. I haven't fought a lot in like three years, so uh, <laughs> yeah. it seems like you would know best. Yeah, it just Maybe. you know it, it 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 felt very similar, and that you know yeah. I th- just... Well, I think they're trying to trying to recall it. I think the the <laughs> arena, um, yeah. and kind of like his look, like I think mm-hmm. that that is an intentional thing. But as far as a fight goes, like Pontiff for me, and this like, totally could just be RNG stuff, mm-hmm. right? Like we might have fought just different versions of this guy. Yeah, could have been build, could have been a million things, but was way more into like eight hit combos mm. um, as opposed to a lot who has a very small amount of moves that are all really really like pretty devastating uh, so it becomes like a high risk high reward thing whereas Pontiff Sullivan was like chipped me away a lot like a lot of like real small combos I had a hard time getting away from yeah uh, I wonder how much of that is them becoming more confident with animation oh yeah maybe yeah mm-hmm. um, you know because I think that you know, when you have the like, okay, so it's a high risk, high reward kind of thing, um, with a lot, and the fact that his attacks kind of do so much damage, um, what do you you kind of get a little bit of the same thing. Like, if you do get caught into one of those combos here, it just meet it out in a different way. Yeah, it might just be it feels worse, yeah. you know, um, because it's like, oh, I'm I'm desperately trying to block a roll away and nothing is happening. Yeah. Um, in the middle of these hits, you know, or I roll away and then get hit on the side because of a weird hitbox thing with these swords um so it could just feel worse but be functionally the same yeah that that is that is true the rest of, he's definitely more aggressive than a lot mm-hmm. uh, like a lot is not a particularly aggressive boss a lot will hang um, will hang back in a way that yeah. uh in a way that sullivan will in the second half of the fight but only because he has his crony there well that's that's the thing that's the thing i like about it so like mm-hmm. yeah i'm not i don't dislike this boss i think he's a little i don't think he works really as a dual bite fight but i like his gimmick a lot mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. which is that halfway through um, he sprouts these wings made out of roots. Um, we'll see these. We'll yep. see things that look very similar to these. Um, <laughs> this is probably related to the profaned flame. Yeah. Uh, which is probably related to the bed of chaos. Right. Uh, what that adds up to, I haven't read a satisfying thing mm-hmm. about. Um, but again, like Dark Souls 3, we have a lot of relations without a lot of like concrete ties. Yeah. Um, so some kind of, and the knights that we've seen, the pontiff knights also have roots yep. uh, growing out from under their armor and stuff. So these people are turning into trees. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is the same thing that we've seen with uh, with the deacons as well. Yes. The the, the yeah. fat deacons have uh, roots kind of coming out of them in various places, especially their eyes. Yes. And um, we'll see more of that next time. So there's something with the profane flame that turns people into root monsters. Yeah. Um, the profane flame at this point, we'll learn a little bit more about it. Uh, as we go but it is uh, I think that is widely considered to be like the mystery mm-hmm. for Dark Souls 3 like Dark Souls 3 prominent loresters have been like what are your ideas on this I don't know <laughs> so there's a good chance that in addition to uh, 
the Sable Church of Londor getting a DLC will get something that expands on the profaned flame. Yeah. Uh, if it doesn't end up just being cut content. Regardless of which, he grows these wings and he summons a phantom version of himself that does something I haven't seen before. It is like weaker, but it does everything he does before <laughs> he does it. Um, it's like a, it's like the Ninja Gaiden thing, except the opposite. You know, when you get those Ninja Gaiden shadows. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is uh, this is great. When I realized that, like when I got them both in the same shot, I guess, or you mm-hmm. know, the cameras on them, I was like, wait a second. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. So I can actually, I can use. I can, so I'm still dodging the clone, but I can use this to figure out like what more damaging thing is coming down the way. Yeah, absolutely. It gives you a chance to like micro practice. <laughs> like I actually, it's it's weird, weird because like I think on the balance, I like this boss fight, but it's because I don't like the first half and really like the second half. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird because his moveset changes too. It gets less combo based, and he starts doing more spells. Yeah, uh, which I I appreciate. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, his uh, his little. Uh, phantom version a lot of people who i've talked to about this say like oh i killed the phantom before it even did anything and really? i'm like what yeah like, what? <laughs> what what is what damage are you doing because i can't <laughs> i can't do that uh he's he's not as tough as a as uh sullivan but he's still significant right the the phantom but that's really cool i really love the idea of like i'm sending a like a scout <laughs> forward yeah but yeah, just uh, see, seeing the uh, just aesthet- aesthetically seeing him turn into this root chaos angel, mm-hmm. you know, and fly around like this is this this is it's reaching a really high pitch with the yeah. you know, with, with with that particular part of it. Yeah, it's uh, it's very cool. Like that. There's a what did uh, Bob? What was your experience with this guy when you didn't memory leak him? Um, well, I I only fought him with other players just because. Uh, just seeing him float around without moving made him seem intimidating. But I actually, I actually, I think I did kill the the clones before they could do anything. So I'm just learning about this uh, kind of secret strategy now, about hmm. um, you know, because I, I think I think my buddies who I was fighting with, uh, they just zeroed in on the clones. I was like, oh, I, I don't know what this clone does. Maybe he explodes or something. I better help them out. So, uh, yeah, they they killed the clones first. So yeah, this is all very interesting to me, knowing knowing what I know now. But uh, hmm. again, I, I have the the fume bias. And it's like, if it doesn't take me 60 tries, I, I like you. <laughs> I automatically like you. So, uh, and I like his design a lot too. I think it's really, it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. He looks, he looks amazing. Like he looks really intimidating and cool. And like, we spent so much of this game in his shadow and this area specifically, like this is a place where Dark Souls 3 does the thing that Dark Souls 1 does so well that I really love where like you spend the time walking through the character before you meet them, mm-hmm. kind of like you learn about the character, you're in their world then you fight them and it has this sense of presence to it. Yeah. Uh, which I really love. And that's, it's something I associate with like the best bosses and areas of the series. Yeah. Like you see statues of uh, the boss you're going to fight or <laughs> pictures of them or some, some sort of in- their impact on the world. Yeah. Yeah. Like we found all of these people who take after him, that have kind of similar movesets uh, that we, we fought. We find like, you know, he's slaving people. Um, he's got this like river full of corpses and stuff. Like it's a bad scene. And then you actually see who's responsible for it. And it's really satisfying. Um, super, super cool. Like it is a, it is a good, it is a good boss fight. I like him. I like the next boss fight better. Um, <laughs> the, I like uh, too. Yeah, but he's, he's still good. Pontus Sullivan. Good. Mm-hmm. Um, bad person. Good, <laughs> I was going to say, fight. I was going to take yeah. that and make it into a ringtone. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, that's um, some good ideas. <laughs> yeah. Great interior yeah. decorating. <laughs> if, if, if you go back in time and kill Pontus Sullivan as a baby, would you, <laughs> before you answer, <laughs> think about the morality of it um 
the uh, so we know this guy. Um, like I said, he found this area of old royalty. He imprisoned a god of this old royalty in an abandoned cathedral to be fed to the devourer. Now that's where <laughs> we're headed next. Um, and he has one sword that represents uh, a force darker than the moon, uh, and one that represents the profane flame, right? Which he found in that profaned capital beneath Arathil. Yep. Um, and that's kind of what caused him to do this stuff. And we're going to be continuing this. This is kind of our first like two part episode because there's still for the, for uh, this season. We did uh, yes. Cathedral Ward, or not oh, Cathedral yeah. Ward, but yeah, yeah. Um, but this is yeah, we're we're for the season. We're heading in uh, there, so that'll be that'll be next time, two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, guess to be determined. So. Yeah. So just kind of final thoughts on the area, Bob, before we, uh, before we let you go, like just, uh, where, where does this kind of stack up in, in terms of like all of Dark Souls 3 for you? I, I like it visually. Um, I, upon going through it again for the podcast and watching videos and stuff, I feel like it's a little too, uh, it's surprisingly linear once you unpack it all. And, uh, hmm. I kind of prefer the more sprawling Dark Souls 3 areas, uh, which they introduced like right off the bat. So it's a nice change of pace, but I wish there was a little more to it. But again, I, I just I love how it looks, Santa's Nightmare Village, and uh, I kind of want to hang out there for a bit. Like I, I was reluctant to leave just because I liked just the change of pace. I wasn't in a swamp or a forest. I was in this pristine, like uh, Santa Village, and I wanted to hang out with all my buddies there. So <laughs> I did. I do hmm. enjoy it. It might, it might be up there, like uh, maybe second or third place. Nice. Yeah. How about you, Cole? Yeah, I dig it. Um, it is one of those things where, you know, the, the the aesthetics do so much, you know, to kind of paper over and uh, obscure a lot of the issues. And, you know, the way it looks is part of the design, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, going through it the second time and taking notes on it and then just kind of like charting my 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 progress on a, on a map so I could make sure I wasn't missing any items because that happens um, sometimes when I go and do, you know, do, do, do stuff for the show. Seeing the wireframe of this, you know, and where you actually go was a little bit disappointing. I think the visuals do, if not, if they, if they don't hide that, they distract you from it in a way that makes, you know, like it's a super strong first impression that I still hold. But like, I think that, you know, in terms of play, really all that you have um, in this is those encounter designs both in that first gauntlet and the second gauntlet um, and what they, what they opted to do with that, um, mm. you know, and, and, and as far as it goes, but still like if we're taking everything, if we're looking at this holistically, you know, what this area is, what it means and the way it presents itself. Like this is, this is some top tier shit. Mm. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you. Like it is, it is one of in, in retrospect and replaying it, um, you know, the first time through when I kind of had just uh, everything was, was, really hard and it was all first blush um you know just kind of moved through it and didn't think too much about the play in retrospect i think it is mildly too hostile uh with those nights but um it is it's in one of my it's in my top like 10 areas in in dark souls like it is beautiful yeah. um and it is my favorite skyboxing gaming of all time <laughs> and uh it is uh and i think what bob said is really really true is that like it is a real change of pace like this feels different in every way yeah. uh visually uh, it feels different and from design like there are still secrets and such but it is a weird way and people will like you know don't like this but it feels a little bit more like a spoke design that you would find in something like dark souls 2 yeah like oh, yeah. it felt you know it felt a little bit like oh i'm just gonna go down this path and <laughs> see like i'm on a ride you know i'm gonna see the irithyll haunted irithyll ride yeah right and and that allows that since it's an area for such a big lore uh revelation <laughs> that makes sense because they're choosing the order to present you these items in yeah you know, like they want you to, oh, there's, oh, the, 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 uh, dark moons are here. Interesting. <laughs> like, oh, uh, 
here's this painting. Oh, like they want you to <laughs> get those things in order. Yeah. Um, so it kind of has to be linear in order to tell the story it wants to tell. Yeah. So, so it's designed um, like a nineties FPS. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. This is the, uh, the half-life, uh, the half-life, uh, train ride of, uh, of levels. But I think that's okay every once in a while. Yeah. You know, like I think that this, again, this stretch, the Irithyll to Anne Orlando stretch of Dark Souls 3 is my favorite part in the game and the part where all the callback stuff works totally for me. Yeah. So super great. Uh, Bob, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. I also, as we said, do Retronauts. Uh, you can find that every Monday at Retronauts.com or usgamer.net or just search for Retronauts in your podcast machine. Uh, Talking Simpsons, you can find at lasertimepodcast.com. And what else? Uh, oh, yeah, somethingawful.com. I do an article for them every other Thursday. I've written for them for like 12 years now. So you can read like literally hundreds of articles by me that might still be funny. No guarantees. <laughs> uh, you're, you're also the author of the famous uh, Matt Groening took notes on uh, oh, yeah. making fun of people on disabilities tweet. I mean, that's a good tweet. I'm not criticizing the tweet. It is just so weird that that blew up so big when there's like a lot of things that you've done that you have more authorship of that are like funnier or more insightful that don't like when I when I saw you joking about that, I'm like, oh, what was the original tweet? And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want to look a gift tweet in the mouth, but for the amount of effort I pour into my creative work, seeing something I just idly took a screenshot of off of my TV uh, may be the biggest thing I've ever done on Twitter is kind of uh, strange. Like, it's, it's pretty fascinating. I'm making better screenshots. Come on, people. Give me a chance here. <laughs> uh, it's, it's pretty amazing uh, yeah pretty great. I, I'm, I'm glad that I, I rediscovered that it was pretty interesting reading those notes of his uh if you don't know what we're talking about uh, matt graining wrote a lot of notes on storyboards for the simpsons and he was uh, always the first one to point out like this is racist this is sexist don't make fun of handicapped people like he was kind of censoring the writers people yeah mm -hmm. so but, but his yeah. censorship made the simpsons great so <laughs> there you have it yeah well you know social justice warriors yeah, uh, I've been reading some message words, Bob, and I have some, <laughs> some questions about you. Been... Oh. Okay, I'm going to bring Dennis onto the call. And... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I don't have debate notes. <laughs> yeah. So joining us for Anne Orlando is Dennis Dyack to refute everything that Bob said during this episode. Oh, and uh, that is uh, Sorry to, to poke fun at you about yeah. that. No. Please. no, no I'm, no, I'm really I, poking I, fun I, of Dennis Dyack. Yeah, that's what I, I honestly think that's the funniest thing. One of the funniest things that's ever happened to me. And... Uh, <laughs> I will never it acknowledge is. him, but I think it's I think it's a hoot. <laughs> it's really amazing. Yeah. So thank thank you again for joining us. I really we really do appreciate it. Oh yeah, it was lots of. So yeah, so we uh, we let Bob go uh, as we do. Before we do our, our admin stuff, but we're really happy to have him. So, uh, public thank you to Bob. Yes, we, we um, really appreciate it. Like, <laughs> that's why we keep having him back. He's great. Yeah, yeah, it's, he's he's great. He's one of my favorite people. <laughs> um, yeah. So next episode, we're going to be covering uh, the Irithil slash Anne Orlando. The next section of that, all the way up through uh, Aldric. Um, so, if you have anything to say about that, go ahead and hit us up at duckfeed.tv forward slash contact. Yes, and then after that, just, just in case there's any lack of clarity, uh, we're going to be going down to uh, Irithel Dungeon and uh, the Profane Capital. Yep, yep. Um, people have asked a lot of where we're putting the um, the optional areas. Mm -hmm. um, my thought is that maybe after the Profane Capital, we do uh, Smoldering Lake, and then we save the Dragon Zone for last because it's so hard. Yes, I agree with that. Uh, um, so yeah, so next time we're going down and we're doing... Uh, 
the Earthal Dungeons and the Profane Capital. That'll be one uh, episode. Yeah, um, I think that makes sense. Earthal Ir- yeah, Dungeons is is pretty. It's kind of a kick in the dick, but uh, yeah, it's really long. And Profane Capital is uh, this game's version of uh, what is it? The uh, uh, Lost Isla. Yeah. Like it is a big unfinished mess. <laughs> um, so and guest all to be announced. Um, I'm trying to get somebody big for this Anne Orlando episode, and uh, we will see if that pans out. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah. So if you uh, if you like this show, uh, the best way to support it uh, is to go to patreon.com forward slash duckfeedtv. Mm-hmm. Um, there you can see a range of rewards you can get, uh, several of which that are not even mentioned. I was just thinking about uh, this today, but we do things like um, I put up all the music that we've done uh, that I've done for shows mm-hmm. um, up there as a post. Like you get all that for free. Um, there's a lot of things that you will get there, like little little intangibles. Yeah, uh, that are not even mentioned, just little little fun giftlets. Yep, little perks of uh, perks of uh, backing us, and that's at all levels, I believe. Right? Yes. You don't like yeah, that's just that. it's just a blog post. Mm-hmm. So you can go on there and find that stuff, and I, I've given that stuff away uh, several times, like collection like 30 or 40 different little songlet things mm-hmm. like those teenage dirtbag stings oh yeah know you want those um <laughs> or at least some of them I, we haven't compiled all of them together but <laughs> there's so many um yeah there there are a lot of what's well, the longest running show in podcast oh, history of course. the um so there are all those things as well as just kind of uh you know extra episodes of abject suffering and access to our slack channel mm-hmm. um at two dollars a month which is probably the coolest thing um we price it so cheap but it is mm-hmm. so neat yeah. is because we want more people to come hang out with the uh, 500 and growing a number of really cool people on this message board. We are coming up on one year of the Slack channel being a thing. Can you Ooh. believe that? <laughs> I, yeah, it's pretty. It's that's that's pretty bonkers. Yeah, um, Slack anniversary. It is a really fun, good time. So uh, you know, and people there are uniformly kind. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so a I was about to say posthumous. That doesn't make any sense. Uh oh. Uh oh. A belated um, uh, thank you to anybody who came out to see us in Austin. Uh, that is a watch out for fireballs event. Um, but uh, you know, it, it's kind of a network thing uh, as it goes. We were at the Austin Classic Game Fest, and we were listening to this on the way back to your home. Uh, from from that event um, we really appreciate you taking the time and uh, we're going to be making another another in-person appearance uh, again for watch out for fireballs but it's a, ne- a network thing um, in portland around uh, uh, october the 23rd or so yeah don't don't think that just because it is for uh you know for for watch out for fireballs you can't just come up to us and ask about dark souls and talk <laughs> right. about dark souls so we can we can do that those kind of things you can come up and ask us about dark souls yeah for and, sure. and it's not just us if you're like oh i hate these guys but i love jala then you know jala is going to be at the at the texas one you know brayton and uh, nick are always uh, stalwarts at the uh, the portland one like yeah. it's a it's a whole big thing absolutely um so yeah you'll be able to come out and meet us and and please come out like we it'd be really nice to even if it just say even if you know you don't want to if you're shy or you don't want to do anything if you just want to come up and say hi mm-hmm. uh please come and say hi because it uh it's you know it's nice to meet people yeah uh we, we like doing it so we all have this thing in common um and that's it's, it's fun to meet, uh, kind mm-hmm. of celebrate that yeah um ratings and reviews are always helpful uh, so if you want to go on itunes and leave us a rating or review mm-hmm. that'd be very appreciated the other thing you can do is uh go ahead and talk to about us on like Twitter and on message words and the like. Mm-hmm. Um, people do that. We see it when it happens because we're vain, small creatures <laughs> and we Google that stuff. Yeah. Uh, the, our sadness knows no bounds. Um, <laughs> but the, uh, so we see it when you do that and it's really appreciated. Yeah. Uh, so, and yeah. I think that's about it. Yeah, absolutely. So until next time, uh, what should they do? Cole? Oh, I didn't look up any dialogue for this. Um, they should, they should, 
wear layers because it's chill. Put, it's put cold on, outside. Put, yeah, put, put on, baby, put on I'm your... an outrider night. But maybe it's cold outside. <laughs> I'm spoiling for a fight. Put, put on your booties because it's cold out there. There we go. That's what I want. Umbasa. Umbasa. And we all pray that we will have far more soon. All right. <sighs> All right. Um, yeah. Let's do it. Okay. 